know, it, it feels so good to be politically incorrect, oh, you know, we it, were among terrible. friends, yes. among friends, you know, but you just have to be very careful. I mean, very careful because everybody's so offended by everything. You have to know your audience. You know, I was telling Lily because she has a group of friends at school. Lily's your daughter, right? <laughs> well, last time I checked, yes. <laughs> and she uh, got into a situation because she had talked about things and they were very open amongst each other. And Lily said something that rubbed a person the wrong way. And right. Lily's like... We've discussed this. If yeah. I can't be myself around you, right? Why do you get to? You get to be that way around me. Why do I not to get? Yeah. Why, right. You get to pick and choose what I can say and cannot right. say. But you. So I was like, Lily, you're just gonna end up getting yourself deeper in the fucking hole. Mm. You gotta know that the only people you can really do that with is me. Well, it just makes life so <laughs> not fun because no, the truth is, you know, in my day, mm -hmm. um, there were lots of things that were said that were inappropriate. But I, I was smart enough to know that the intent behind it was not malicious. It was, and it it was definitely, it was ignorant. Right. It was, you know, I, I, and even moving from San Diego to Atlanta, Georgia, there were people who were racist who didn't know they were racist. Right. And their intent, the things I heard them say, it was, it was not really even a reflection on me. It was just showed how ignorant they was. It, ignorance is rampant in the world. Yeah. But particularly <clears throat> in this country with this regime, but like, di di and I'm not making any excuses, y'all, so don't yeah. take it this way. Yeah. But like different generations, like I remember my dad, you know, all my best friends in New York City were people of color, mm. um, Puerto Rican, black, Dominican. Um, I remember mm, two. Dominican. I love a Dominican. Mm. Two of my best friends were Puerto Rican and they were at the house at the apartment. My dad and mom were there. My mom was in the ladies' room. She's getting ready to leave. And my dad's like, you're Puerto Ricans. Why are you not out stealing hubcaps? Uh -huh. And I literally went, Dad, uh -huh. A, this is not the Jets and the Sharks. Uh -huh. B, you can't say that to people, Dad. He thought he was being funny. No, I, I, I get the humor in that. Right. I, I totally. And, 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 and my friends did not give a shit, but that was 1990. Yeah, but. Did your friends get the humor in that? Yes, I mean, they the, did not give a shit. They yeah, the humor laughing. is there. I get yes. it, you know. But I was literally mortified. And I'm like, even back then, I'm like, no, no, dad. Right. You can't say that. Well, but you you were trying to save face for your friends. Uh, of course, because I was mortified. But you were, he you really? He can't say that in front of me. He can't say that in front of actual Puerto Rican people. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to say it. Puerto Ricans with a sense of humor, they he could say it in front of. They were cracking up and they were, like, yeah. no, they were like, no, you know, like they went along with it and they didn't care. They didn't care at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the point is, those different generations, it was, they were yeah. free-formed racism. Right, but don't you racism. think, and you've got young kids, don't you think that we have raised, I don't have any kids, we have raised our young people to be overly sensitive I mean, to I everything. Haven't. Uh, yes, I have not. <clears throat> My kids are very politically incorrect to the point where, like I said, you know, they kind of have to now navigate through this over political correctness mm -hmm. because nobody gets the well, joke. Is it politically anymore. correct or is it also uh, over overly sensitive? sensitive? On but things. you know what? It's 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 those things. But it's also we live in an egocentric culture where everything is me, 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 my feelings, me, and everything. It's yeah. it's it's a myopic. Am I using the word correctly? Myopic. It's a myopic uh, storyline to where no, very few people take two steps back and look at the whole landscape and go, hmm, I can choose to focus on that or I could actually focus on the bigger picture. Right. 
And because um, <clears throat> your feelings ain't facts. Nobody your wants feelings to see. ain't facts. No, and you are not your feelings. No. Because um, Rue and I, without going into detail, we're just cracking up because I was talking about playing Anne Frank in the Snatch Game. Okay, so now you've gone too no, far. No, I'm not going to say the jokes. Yeah. I'm not going to say Now the, you've gone too I'm far. Gonna, but y'all can figure it out. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But we could never do that. Yeah. We could, first of all, the network would never. <laughs> well, you know, but, we, we were, yeah, but yeah. We don't even have to tell you the jokes. Yeah. But nowadays you couldn't, and by the way, I was raised as a Jew, and I, I can still see the humor. But again, we can't do those things anymore. Well, listen. That I, would I, not I, be funny to a lot of people. Here's the thing. You know, us sweet, sensitive souls who felt like we were hoaxed by the world, that the whole illusion of our society, of the world, and what we are as humans on this planet, when we found out that that was just an illusion, it was a hoax, and there was all this hypocrisy and all this ridiculousness, we gravitated toward the irreverent. We gravitated yes. toward a twist of a phrase. We gravitated toward things that made us feel happy uh, and, and, and at the same time, poke fun at the illusion. Mm -hmm. So we gravitate toward the irreverent and a lot of times that irreverent is is borderline or not even borderline over the line oh, of, oh, it's of distasteful. Over the line. Yes. <clears throat> and it, and we we relish in it but, because it, at least it's the one thing we could still laugh. Yes. You know, because because if you look at this, a sweet, sensitive soul, if you look at this world, it is it can be so dreary. It can be so dreary. And the hypocrisy, you think, jeez, just, you know, laugh a little but bit. But that's what I love about... Take, don't take yourself so seriously. No, I agree, but that's what I love about drag queens. I know that when I go on tour, when I do gigs, if I say something, not only will it be understood, but they will think it's the funniest fucking Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. That's what I love. Yeah. And that's what I've always been drawn to drag queens and gay people sure. in general. Because we because all get that, that irreverence. Correct, we all correct. because we because society had no place for us. So we said, well, we will create our own reality. And that reality has to do with um a twist of a phrase, a portmanteau. You know, um I just I just dawned on me about an hour ago, because I was looking at some old artwork from my um Tommy Boy days, uh -huh. that the word um Cause single is a portmanteau. Wait yeah. a minute. Cause that's single. Cause that's single. Yeah. yeah. That's a portmanteau. Two words like, put together. Wait, 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 what's the other? I was going to think, wait a minute. What's the first word? Cassette single. Cassette, cassette yeah. single. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, that tickles my brain because it's, it's mashing these two things together. Even something as small as that. Yeah. I love a twist of a phrase. I love when some, when someone uh, says something that is out of line. Oh, me Th That's not meant to be hurtful. No, it's, again, we're going back to intent. Intent. Intent is everything. Intent is everything. Yeah. If there's malice behind it, then no, 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 Yeah, no. but a lot of people will intentionally misinterpret a joke so, they so that it could serve their bigger purpose, which yes. is, what about me? Yeah. I feel offended. You've got to pay attention to my feelings. Like, no, bitch, you know what? You take that up with your therapist or your life coach or your rabbi, whoever you want, but don't visit that on the rest of us. Right. Because we're not, we, we're, that was not meant for you. So how do we, how do we not do that? How do we not you know make what it it's about gonna ourselves? Take, you know what it's going to take, and I hate to say this, but we have experienced a long period of peace in our country. Peace, like, you know, because when you, people who have been through World War One or World War Two, they yeah. could tell you what 
dis- what a war, how disruptive mm. and how you can itemize what's important in your life. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but, you know, when you go to the grocery store and you don't have enough money to pay for all your items, you better believe you know how to take out the shit out of the basket that you don't eat, but you know how to keep the necessities. And um, a war will teach people, and I'm not advocating war, it's just a no, natural no, part no, of, of course, life, yeah. but when people have when the stakes are high, you better believe all of your feelings, all that bullshit will go to the side and you'll f- focus on what's really real. Mm-hmm. What's good, Miley? Right. I'll tell you what's good. Right. What's good is um, I need some milk. Yep. I need some motherfucking bread. Yeah, I, need some I, I need some eggs. Right. And y'all could take all that that um, mousse from my hair. <laughs> and you could take, you, you could take that. You could take that ace. Deodorant out. <laughs> axe. Axe deodorant. You can take that axe deodorant out. Oh, girl, don't wear that shit anyway. You can take Sorry. this other bullshit because I, yeah. I don't have no money for that. You can take these Mallow Mars. Well, I guess you got to keep my Mallow Mars. <laughs> No, I got. I got take to have the tampons. Take, I'll use a you, pillow. You could use a pillow. You can yeah. use some toilet paper. Yeah, yeah, and and toilet paper. You gonna take? You gonna keep the toilet paper? And my point is, you won't waste all this time on this bullshit of yeah. your feelings because your feelings are based on your all of your experiences you've had. Now, if you've never been to Europe and you see people, you know, uh, don't shave under their arms, you're like, well, wait a minute, hey, you're supposed to shave under your arms. So, no, bitch, you just don't know the ways of the world. Correct. So you need to educate yourself, but don't be offended because people are. I don't know what what. What is another example of what people do in Europe that people they would be? Go, n- nudity. Nudity? Nudity. Or, uh, I don't know. Um, what, uh, what? Not wearing deodorant? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was rude. That was rude. Did I cross the line? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Your fears... Are, and your feelings are based on your past experiences. And if you haven't had a lot of past experiences, mm. they are based in superstition and fear or, you know, what your grandmama told you or whatever. So the bigger picture is educate yourself that you are not your feelings. And let me tell you this, you know. That's I, a big lesson to learn. I left San Diego. I knew I wanted to fucking go and be a star. I right. wanted I wanted to be rich and famous and I wanted to do it all. Yeah. Right? And I knew that I wasn't going to let my fears or my ignorance or my feelings hold me back. Even if a motherfucker said something to me that was offensive, I was I knew that to not to take that on. I knew that that had more to do with they they ignorance. They dumbass. They dumbass. Then it had to do with me. I wasn't going to let that stop me. It's almost always about them yeah. and not you. Yes. Yes. So when that stuff happens, you need to then go, okay, you, this doesn't need to offend yeah. you or upset you. Or it you know, you got nothing to do with you. Don't let your ego co-op that because you want to carry that baggage around. It's like, no, you want to be free and yeah. f- so you can get the fuck up out of there. I agree. You know? Yeah. Sometimes it's easier said than done, though. I think because especially in this social media society, because nowadays you you are what you see on here, even right. though that's not real. It's not real. Yeah. At all. Sometimes I see things and I'm like, why is that necessary for yeah. you to put that up yeah. there? Yeah. You don't need to have that up. We get it. Yeah. You have a nice 
ass. You got a nice ass. You got 25 million Birkin bags. Mm -hmm. I'd be scared to death that companies are going to steal my shit. Right, right. I don't know. But everybody's got to do what they got to do because they're their own brand and they're selling stuff and I get it. Yeah. Or they're, you know, a fitness person or they're just this, uh, what do you call them, an influencer. Sure, yeah. I get it. I just worry that these people, and not them in particular, just youth and and maybe not so young, Hmm. um, we're relying so much on what people think of us visually yeah. instead of what they think of us. And that trick, that trick never works. No, you because your your whole your wholeness doesn't come from the outside in. It comes from the inside out, and nothing from the outside will ever fill your hole. <laughs> well, I beg to differ. <laughs> yes, that right there is a lie. Yeah, well, there are several holes that can be filled. But the one, the big aching, gaping, <laughs> the one that makes you, you know, that the one that only that God size hole, mm. only only you and God can feel that that void. Mm. And it just I mean, you know, they write books about that shit. Yeah, you they know? do. It just doesn't filling that God size hole. Uh huh. Well, no, it doesn't. It just doesn't your next work. Book. You know, I've gone. At, I've talked about on in this podcast. You know, I told you I had, had this major breakthrough. Uh, uh, our producer's going to hear it again. Are, are we going to break anytime soon, bitch, or what? How long we got? How much time we got? Two minutes. Oh, two All right. Minutes. So tell anyway, me your, I'm gonna do the. I'm gonna hole. do the syn- synop. The syn- I'm gonna see how what? fast I can do okay, this synopsis. Here we go. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, somebody asked me about working on AJ and the Queen with a ten year old, and I said, "Well, it's almost like reparenting myself." And that got me thinking. And then when I went to therapy, I started talking about that, and I, and I, and I realized um, that my whole life I've been looking for my twin, my twin, the other half of me. Saw so it first in my father, and then and and my therapist said, "Ru, you don't have a twin. You don't have a twin." Uh, if anything, your twin is that little, your, your inner child right. that you were ignoring. You keep waiting for someone else to take care of your inner child. Your inner child only wants one person's attention. You. You, me, yeah. right here. So you had to rip that cover off. So I had to rip that cover off and I had to, um, now I have to authentically, sincerely, and I'm, this is no bullshit. I need to, I have to sincerely say to my kid, that my inner child, mm. hey, you know what? I got you. I fucking got you. And um, you know what? I'm going to take your ass out for ice cream right now and and then follow through with it. Will you take my inner child out for ice no, cream? No, only you can take <laughs> your inner child out for some ice cream. Really? Took, yeah, I actually I took my inner child to have um, um, Pinkberry yesterday. Yeah, but Pinkberry, I thought you were going to say Berry Gordy pie. And no, I, I like, didn't no, have the Berry Gordy cake. Go down that I didn't route. have the Berry Gordy cake. Pinkberry's not bad. Well, you know, I have a medium. I have a medium. Original with coconut, with coconut, the pecans and the, the caramel caramelized sauce. pecans and the caramel sauce, yes. and it's very delicious. Mm-mm-mm. You don't like that? Mm-mm-mm. You like don't bitch? Don't tell me you get like gummy bears on your shit. Oh no, I don't do no gummy bears. Uh-huh. You know my teeth. Uh huh. They would just fall out my head. <laughs> and what to do have you have on your pinkberry? Well, I don't like original for starters. You don't like it? Nope, because it's too tangy. Yeah, it's not my thing. Oh, I love it. No, I'm like a caramel sea salt caramel type. You of like girl. the hazelnut? I don't like hazelnut. Oh, not a hazelnut. What's wrong with you? I think you? hazelnut is disgusting. Really? I do not like Nutella. Oh, I, I'm not a Nutella person either. I do not like either. Ferrero Rocher. Mm, oh, I like that. See, I just don't like hazelnut. I think it mm, ruins shit. Mm, mm. No, I'm like a sea salt caramel or I like straight up vanilla, but they usually have a vegan flavor there that I like. Mm. And then I put coconut on it mm-hmm. and maybe some nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's it. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm cool. I'm done with that. Simple, sis. All right, so we're going to take a break. We'll be right back after this. 
Oh, you all know that we love a Casper mattress. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. Casper brand mattresses combine multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. And you know Rue and I love some sink and bounce. They also have breathable designs that help you sleep cool and they regulate your body temperatures throughout the night so you don't wake up all sweaty and gross. They even arrive right to your doorstep in a transportable box. Casper isn't just a mattress company, uh uh uh. They also offer sheets, pillows, bed frames, and the dog bed that I keep talking about. I'm telling you, everyone in the family sleeps comfier than ever before with Casper. Casper's hybrid mattresses combine the pressure relief of their award-winning foam with durable yet gentle springs. I don't know how do they do it, guys. Even the hybrid one with the springs somehow gets delivered in a box to your front door. I don't understand it. It's a new innovation. It offers the best of both worlds, luxurious comfort and resilient support. I, I just don't know how Casper can keep improving and giving us better choices. Each time I get a new mattress, I can't believe how comfortable it is. We've got the Casper Wave. My daughter has the Casper Hybrid and we love it. If for some reason you're still not sure about getting a Casper, you can be sure of the purchase because Casper has a 100 night risk-free sleep on it trial. And did I mention free shipping and returns throughout the U.S. and Canada? Get $100 towards select mattress purchases by visiting casper.com slash rue and using the offer code rue at checkout. That's casper.com slash rue. Terms and conditions apply. He's telling me the white supremacists are talking about facts or what? Facts, facts are not what? your feelings. Facts don't care about your feelings. Yeah, facts that's don't bullshit. Care about your that's doublespeak. That's that's um that's who shot John doublespeak bullshit. Because the, their facts aren't their facts aren't aren't they're I don't even want to talk about them. It ain't worth it. But at it's the end of the day, it. I know what you're saying because yeah. you're doing some Eckhart Tolle shit. There's some white supremacist <laughs> shit. They ain't the same in Ruse Black. The yeah, end. Yeah, the end. Yeah. Yeah. Speak among, talk amongst yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yes, a yeah, pea, a yeah. peanut's neither a pea nor a nut. Yeah. Talk amongst <laughs> yourselves. No, uh, we're talking about this inner child thing, which I can't talk enough about because- How you know, do we get in touch with our inner child? Well, you know what? The, the You know, the yearning, the hurt, the hurt that we feel, uh, the hurt feelings we feel are usually- the inner child. The times when um, you act out, when you do something that you were not supposed to do, it's your inner child wanting to get your attention or actually trying to punish you for not paying attention to it. You know, um, I tell the story time and time again because when I got into therapy, the one, all roads led to me as a kid on the front porch waiting for my father to right. pick me up. That's all roads. My heart it's, every time. it's heartbreaking. And it, it, left an indelible hurt in my heart. And every therapy session would lead back to that point. Well, I was a kid waiting for my father to, who I thought was my soulmate, who I thought was my twin, to come. Well, you did look just like him. We looked him. just like him, mm -hmm. to come and validate me and pick me up and, do, and we can have fun together. Um, in hindsight, I realized I did not have a twin. I thought he was my twin. I thought he was my, my buddy. And um, my point is that child is was still yearning for uh, the validation from an outside source. So I, in relationships, as I grew up, I would cast a person in the role of my father, a mm, man in the role of my interesting. father. And, and it, the same, it cycle was like a cycle, happen. same yeah, exact yeah. cycle yeah. would happen. Here I am, all these years later, and it was it's never like that with George, because it was, it was never like that with George, because I never chased George. George chased me. Right. So I thought, I wonder what it would be like 
if I actually go with someone who I wasn't chasing. Right. You know, and here we are. Because in but, the beginning, you didn't. No, I didn't. I, right. I didn't at all. But so, um, long story long, is that here I am all these years later, and I realize the only relationship that matters in my peace of mind is between my child, my inner child, and myself. And my inner child knows what a fucking liar I am. Right. And so I have to be authentic and sincere when I talk to this kid. Right. And when I talk to this kid and say, I got you. I'm I'm going to take care of you. And I swear to you, it's like magic. What happens? All of the angst, all of the hurt, all of the pain of the past, I swear to you, Michelle, it melts away instantly. What I'm trying to get to is how you get to... You are evolved. You've done work. You know, there's a lot of people who listen and are like, that's great, Rue, but I can't even talk to that inner child. Mm -hmm. So how do we identify that? Mm -hmm. And when we do identify it, do we stand there and talk to it? How do we heal that? You, um, you can, what you can do is you, you do have, first of all, you listeners, you do have an inner child. Everybody does. And you can start by being authentic with what you say. Do what you say you're going to do with it. And you can start that relationship because it's about trust, like as with any child. And I started this because I had this, um, was working with this kid for five months on this series, uh, every scene together with her. And I felt very protective of her. And when someone asked me about working with a 10-year-old for all that time, I said, well, it's like reparenting myself. Then I got to thinking, you know, I started using drugs and alcohol when I was 10 years her old. Her age. Her age. And I thought, you know, and they say um, in in sobriety that your emotional development stops once you pick up and you remain emotionally stunted at, at the age that you pick up. Wow. So here I am. Michael, I talked talk to Michael Patrick King about this, that, oh, my God, how do, is it that we manifested and wrote and created this thing where I am reparenting myself? How did that happen? Um, anyway, long story long. You manifested it. I manifested it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I get the opportunity to, uh, I couldn't trust my father. He said he was going to pick me up. Wouldn't right. pick me up. Right. I'm. I continued that cycle of, of, of not distrust right. with myself. Right. So my opportunity by finding now, men that were emotionally unavailable and not being good to myself. Yes. You know, because I'm taking abusing. I. I. I have to take care of myself. Yes, you do. So, um, and when the ch when I when I the child in me is the one that would act out and say, you know, yeah, I got to be at work at five in the morning, but um. Yeah, I could do some coke right now. Right, I could do it. Right, you know. Right. Um. Anyway. Um. So you, so you so create you, a relationship. So for the people out there listening, you can start that relationship today, and you can be authentic with what you say, and you ha you have to take care of that kid. And you know, um, even with eating right, with um, and listening to it, you know, I've said this recently on the podcast too that Eckhart Tolle says that if you were to be in the moment right now. The first thing you would recognize is how much pain you're in. Mm -hmm. The first thing that would come forward is how much pain you're in, which is a good thing. And that's why most people don't do it. But it's a good thing because it's indicative of the direction you need to go. You need to address the pain. Where is the pain coming from? For me, through therapy, I retraced the, my steps back to that front porch waiting mm -hmm. for him mm -hmm. and perpetuating that pain. And that it was like this deep wound 
that uh, I couldn't heal. I couldn't close it up. Now I know it's the relationship between me and that child that is what's going to heal. Sure, because if you're emotionally stunted at that point, yeah, until you make that peace, you could never move on. You, you never move advance. on physically. Yeah, you can never advance. But you're always going to go back to that. Now, I talk about the front porch for me. Um, do you know what your your Achilles heel is? The only thing I can, and I've talked about it before, and I, I know that we say this a lot, but the only thing I can think of is being given up for adoption yeah. Yeah. at birth. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to re- retrace back to birth because uh, no, you don't no. remember a lot well, of it. Well, no, but the, you, that, that doesn't mean that you can't heal that relationship and no, say, for sure. you know, I was, I was abandoned. Uh, oh, kiddo, you were abandoned. Uh, but I'm here for you now. Yeah. I know it sounds schizophrenic to say, uh, you know, yeah, but we're talking to the child. The, you, the adult the, you is talking to the, the baby. child. Yeah. The baby, in my case, baby, your little case, baby the child. home alone. Little baby home alone inside of me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the only thing I can think of because my parents were always there for me. Mm-hmm. They were wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, pissing off your Puerto Rican friends. Pissing off my Puerto Rican friends, not giving a shit. <laughs> Um, you know, they had their imperfections, but they, they were wonderful nonetheless. They didn't leave me on a porch or at a bus stop or anything Mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. But, um, I think I got enough of that in utero and I got enough of that at birth. Mm -hmm. And even meeting her, Joanne, my biological mother, and her telling me her story of why she did what she did, woman to woman, I completely understood Mm -hmm. and was so grateful that she did because... Yeah, but the, but the child in you is like, uh, Uh, great, but yeah, but what about me? Yeah. 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 And see, that's where the trust between you and that child comes in. That's where even just taking 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes to just sit with it and say, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I will never, ever... Just, I will never abandon you ever. Mm. I and I will hear your voice, and I and if you have something to say, I will hear it. And it knows when you're being serious. It mm-hmm. knows your shit. It knows the lies. It knows the inauthenticity. It, it knows everything. It knows In, everything. Inauthenticity. I don't even. I've never. That word has never come out of my mouth. Inauthenticity. Uh, that word has never come out of my mouth. All right, just In did. Authenticity. You just did it. Yeah. How many syllables is that? It's like four uh, in, or five. Uh, inauthenticity. Six. Uh-huh. Six. Six. Oh shit. Six syllables. <laughs> Six syllables. Well, you know, it'd be interesting, uh, uh, for your kids, for you for each for you to know what your children would say their childhood hurt is. It what would be really ch- interesting. Childhood hurt. How there's they a lot have of hurt kids out there, you know. Hurt. Oh, what? there's a lot of hurt kids. What, what, out there. what did you say? How could they have any childhood hurt? <laughs> of course, coming from a mother. Come saying on, that. <laughs> I have been there every you step have the of Earth the way. Mother, I have make God. a mistake. Thank you. <laughs> Everything I do. Let's ask Lily. Hold on. Uh, yeah, that's her right now. Yeah. Okay. We have a question. We're on podcast We're right podcasting. now. We have a very serious question for you. Can I ask it? No, Michelle. No, I won't if, ask it. No, if if you ask it, you're just going to trigger her. Okay, you ask it. I'm going to ask it. Are you down for that, Lily? Yeah, I mean, I guess. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. Just answer the question, ma'am. Here we go. Okay. Okay, you know, I just talked about, you know, my my childhood hurt, and it has haunted me my whole life. It was when about when my father said he would come and pick me up for the for the 
to take me for something and he would never show up. And I'd wait at that porch all day long saying, next car is going to be daddy. Next car is going to be daddy. Oh. Never show up. Never show up. And through therapy, all of my hurt leads back to that porch. So if I were to ask you what your childhood hurt is, what and if you if you through therapy found out where do all the roads lead back to, Lily, what is your childhood hurt? Depression? I don't Well that's the that's the result of the hurt. Okay. Okay. I yeah, I see your point. I have like a childhood hurt, but I feel like the cause of a lot of my pain I don't, I don't have any like tragic backstory, but I feel like the cause of a lot of my pain is just like a clinical like hormonal balance. But a lot of like the actual like things that can be kind of chalked up to outside of that, I don't. Your mother didn't beat you. <laughs> no, she didn't. But did she? Hard. Did she try to force you into whorish clothes? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't want to. I feel like an easy one. I feel like my mom might have predicted it. And like maybe before the call, she was like, it's going to be track and field. But I don't know. There are definitely like really bad memories that I have associated with that. But there are also really bad memories that I have associated with like trying to fall asleep because that's like a really difficult thing for me. Like sleeping in a bed with darkness is like a very difficult thing for me to do as a child. I'm like, I don't know, it still is now. But like, yeah. those are the two things that come to my mind are like, Track and field is like having meltdowns like on the field because of, I don't know, that was like later when it mixed with like the chemical kind of yeah. hurt that yeah. I've been having. And then like the knees, I guess in a, like a more dramatic sense, it would be like the me in a bed kind of alone trying to fall asleep. Yeah. And, like, well, but are you, you're like, you're 19 years old? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, you know, I mean, you're still very young. It, 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 you may not be at the place to actually pinpoint a, a moment like, um, you know, because in the movie uh, Citizen Kane, he talks about Rosebud and it and it had to do with this one small, say, gif in his life with this sled that was um, that he loved so much and that was whatever. Anyway, but, you know, Wait, it's a sled. What? Oh, oh, my God, I gave what? it away. <laughs> but, you know, it takes it takes a, a, a while. It takes a while in your life to be able to reflect on the moment, the hurt happen. And, and it took me actually, you know, I was in, I was in, I was at 40 when I went to therapy and realized, oh, it had to do with my father. So, you know, you still may be too young to know what it is. Yet. I was also a great mother and she had a great father. So there's no childhood yes, hurt. Yes, of course, <laughs> darling. Of course, there's no childhood. Darling, no, darling. No. no. Well, you. thank you for being so candid, Lily. That's very, that's fair. And we will always come back to you and, and check your, your progress in this life and broadcast it to all of our listeners. That's what we do, Lily. <laughs> that's what we do. Um, so I'm I'm guessing you're not coming home by nine anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and so begins the childhood hurt. I will not be home by nine, but I'll, I'll call you as soon as I leave. I'll be finished soon. Okay. okay All right. You. Bye. bye. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the things I've never even wanted to, I've never wanted to even have kids because I would never want to pass on that kind of thing. But the truth is, you know, you do your best. You Rue. do your best. Yeah. They are all God's children and everybody comes from some place. Sometimes your best isn't good enough as the song goes. Uh-huh. But and listen, I didn't have a mother. My mother was not with us to help raise my kids, so I was literally on my own. Yeah, but you were an, you were an adult woman. Yeah, but my point was 
There's a lot of women in this life that have a mother that helps them. Yeah. A grandmother or at least an overseer if they or don't nanny. have. Or, or a nanny. <laughs> but I didn't, you know, David and I were without a manual, like all parents are, but I yeah. didn't have a parent, a mother. to. And my, I love my dad, but I would not trust him with my children. Yeah. So, um, you know, for me, it was like, well, this we're just going to go I for it. I think most people are that way. Most people, you know, most people, you know, do the best they can. And, that, and that's what we've done. And, and they both have had their issues. And I'm sure when they're older, they're going to be like, oh, shit. This yeah. is where it comes from. You know, I, she shouldn't have a fear of sleeping. Why does she have a fear of sleeping? Oh, I no, don't know. I mean, you know, that comes human. from somewhere, She's too. Human. Yeah. Yeah. But we just, I think they're young. They're yeah. too young to understand. And that. we're going to close out. But, you know, I remember on the Oprah show, whenever somebody would say, well, I'm a, a mom, and Oprah would say, well, let's just let's be clear being a parent and a mother and a, uh, is the hardest most unappreciated job in the world. But I was always waiting for her to also say, it's the most underappreciated job in the world and most of you motherfuckers are doing a terrible job. It's right. <laughs> but we're doing all we know how to do. Yes! Mo there are plenty of people who should not be parents. Right. Um, but but my parents shouldn't have been my you know I'm sure if my mother were here today she'd say I was terrible I'm so sorry yeah. in fact when I spoke with the psychics my father came through and and he did it, it, it said I am so sorry I am so sorry I bet yeah but um you know uh that's fine but I've taken care of myself and for you guys out there listening um, it sounds it's almost embarrassing to talk about the inner child because it's such a cliche but the truth is. I bet you can retrace all of your 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 woes and your heartache to your relationship with your inner child. And I believe, I believe, and it's worked for me, that um, creating a relationship, a solid relationship of trust uh, and authenticity with your inner child will save your life. And not only that, it will enrich your life and it will melt away. All of the, all of the hurt. I, I really love that. that. I yeah. love that. So um, we'll be right back with Alan Carr right after this. Did you know that brushing your teeth could be sexy? Yep. There. I said it. Sexy. We are talking about the Quip toothbrush. Simplify the morning. Simplify your evenings now with a simpler electric toothbrush from our friends at Quip. It has timed sonic vibrations that cover the basics. I'm talking you have four quadrants in your mouth, right? The top is two halves. The bottom is two halves. That's four quadrants. And it's timed to tell you when to move to each one. There's a mirror mount. So that puts the brushing right in front of your face. You'll remember to brush, you know, a bookend, they call it the day. So you do it in the morning, you do it at night. I like to do it after I eat. I'm just a brusher. I love to do it. And with Quip, I do it all the time. The lightweight compact design means that you can bring it along with you on those you know, weekend getaways. I take it everywhere with me. I love taking my Quip on the plane because you know, you want to brush your teeth after you're sitting there for that long. It's fantastic. Enjoy sleeping in and then, you know, ease back into the swing of things with a smile because you have your quip. I love the sensitivity of the sonic vibrations. It's not banging. Your, your gums aren't going to bleed. So many of us brush too hard with toothbrushes, especially those really strong electric ones out there. Not with quip. Quip does not require a clunky charger and runs for three months on one charge. I told you mine's been going and going 
way longer than three months. Brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just five bucks. Unbelievable. Those are just some of the reasons why I love Quip and why they're backed by over 20,000 dental professionals. Quip starts at just 25 bucks. And if you go to getquip.com slash rue right now, you'll get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack for free at getquip. It's G-E-T. Q-U-I-P.com slash Rue. I'm telling you, brushing your teeth has never been so sexy. You all know how much the theater means to Rue and myself, and that's where we talk about today ticks. There is no easier way to get tickets, especially last-minute tickets to Broadway shows or the West End in London, and they're at the best prices. You, too, can discover over 80 musicals, comedies, and dramas, and that is just in New York City, babies. It's also available in London, San Francisco, Los Angeles, D.C., Chicago, Seattle, Philly. So many more cities coming soon, so stay tuned. Today, ticks pioneered mobile lotteries and mobile rush technology. You can enter the lotteries to see shows at deep discounts in all of the cities they're in. When I was in Everybody's Talking About Jamie in London, so many of the nights at Stage Door, some of the kids would go, it happened all of the time. Oh, I won tickets on Today Ticks. I got front row seats on the mobile lottery. Today Ticks gives you access to insider deals and exclusive offers. You can get tickets up to 50% off in just a few taps. This is literally the only way I will buy theater tickets. So download the Today Ticks app for free on iOS and Android. That's Today T-I-X or visit todayticks.com to see what's playing this week and treat yourself to a show. I'm telling you guys, you'll never go back. Alan Carr is here. Alan Carr. Alan Carr. We're talking about musicals. Of course, we're in London. We didn't want to ask you all about being a judge on Drag Race UK, but we were talking about musicals because it's so accessible to see shows in the West End here. Yes. And your your partner, your husband, yes. he loved The Bodyguard. He, I can't get him to see anything cultured. Yes. Nothing. He won't go unless it has Whitney Houston in right. it. And of course, we have very limited choice now because she's yes, no she's longer with us, sadly. She sadly. Yes. So, uh, spoiler alert. Yes. She died. Yes. So, he would go and see the Bodyguard musical every day if he could. And I'd try and get him to see classy yeah. things. Uh-huh. And we just, we've walked out of so many shows oh, in I bet the interval. My George is the same way. Uh, Michelle and I saw The Bodyguard. We did. Deborah Cox and it. it was fantastic. Yes, yes. And it's not... It's not, uh, you know, it's not Eugene O'Neill. No, no. You know, it's no, not no. Tennessee Thank Williams. God. No, it's not. It's not. No, but it's fabulous. So you saw it here with uh, Alexandra Burke? No, before that, before uh, that. Who yeah. is it? Beverly, Beverly, um, Beverly Knight? Beverly Knight. Oh, wow. So why isn't Beverly Knight the biggest exactly. star? So talented. Yeah. So talented. Yeah. And I heard her sing Summertime. And I mean, honestly, even the mole on my face, the hair came up on Really? <laughs> yes. Wow. I'm a very. <laughs> Stuck straight out. She is the best. She, she should be is, a huge star. She should be, I don't, I mean, she's a huge star here in the UK. Yeah. You know, America is very fickle. We're weird. Well, the America is all about uh, pop stars who represent uh, the consumer's secret self. So the secret self, you know, dances around in front of the mirror and says, yeah. oh, I'm this. Oh, I'm a slut. Oh, I'm a slag. I'm this and that. And they Look like- Saying slut. Yeah. Well, She's changed. I've been here for almost a month. You've changed. 
Yeah, but you know, George always says his slag, no matter what, even whether in Europe or mm-hmm. whatever. Well, he's Australian. He's Australian. Yeah. He loves slag. But uh, I think that's why we in America don't didn't get on the, you know, remember uh, Dina Carroll? Remember yes. So many British stars. And you know, uh, America, we know about, they know about Kylie, yes. but they're not on the, they're not big Kylie fans like no. the rest of the world is. I know, I know. I can't believe it. She's not huge over there. Yeah. Same thing happened with Anastasia. Yeah, same thing. In the rest of the world, nobody, yeah. not nothing. Now, Alan, and Little Mix, Little Mix, same thing. Yeah. Now, Alan, uh, who at fourteen, who was the girl or boy you had posters on your wall? Who were you like? Oh my God, that's who I. That's who my secret self is. Oh, Janet Jackson. Oh, Janet Jackson, good really? Choice. My first, my first ever, um, my first ever concert, Birmingham NEC, was at Rhythm Nation. I wow. loved that album, and I used to go around charity shops, and I used to wear. Um, Although she, this wasn't her outfit because she had the military outfit. Yes, yes. I used to love wearing flares because I've got chunky legs. And my mum would always know when I was doing the dance routine <laughs> to Janet Jackson because of the swishing in my bedroom from the flares. <laughs> and that five, four, three, yes, yes, yes. I yes. mean, I was a fat kid, oh. but I was still... I mean, that was the best thing, seeing Janet Jackson. Oh, yeah. boy. And I think she's meant to be touring Britain's... Oh, Glastonbury! Yes, that's right. She's and then be Vegas. There. She's got a residency in Vegas yep. starting next month. Oh. We're, of course, the people listening, we are, uh, this is April that we're filming this. And, of course, well, when you hear this, it'll be uh, time for Drag Race UK. And Alan, of course, is a judge on there. So have you met... Janet Jackson? I would love to meet Janet. Never met Janet. Yeah, never, never met her. Never met her. Never yeah. met her. You know, because you've interviewed everyone. I was on your show years yeah. ago. Um, when you think about interviewing people, um, who are the most difficult people to interview? I mean, how do you get around? Because Janet is notoriously shy and soft-spoken. Yes. Yes. How would you deal with a Janet Jackson? Well, that's the thing. You know what it's like with uh, with Chatty Man. We always give someone a beverage, an alcoholic yes. beverage. That's so you smart. see, I know, and you really do loosen up. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Rihanna. She was like, "Well, we got in there, you know, just have, have another Lambrini." Have it. it really does loosen up. <laughs> what's and a Lambrini? Oh, what's a Lambrini? Yeah, I don't like, drink. It's oh yeah, it's like a very cheap. White, well, it's about two pound ninety nine. Yes, yeah, because we have a thing with the crew. Yeah. If you go away on holiday, you must get something for the globe. Yeah. No more than five euros. Oh, so you can imagine. I yeah. mean, by part four, I either want a kebab or a fight. I'm absolutely <laughs> steaming and just raring to go. But I always give them a drink because it does loosen them up. Sometimes. Yeah. But I think actors are usually hard to get into, especially if there's a studio audience, because you know yeah. they have to play to the audience and they and the audience throws off the pH balance of a of the intimacy of an interview yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know with I, I you don't have to tell me who your worst interview was because I know it's me uh, <laughs> tell me your top three fa- aside from me your top three favorite interviews you've done my favorite ever interview was with Grace Jones oh my goodness yes. and uh, you look the footage we I got off with her I was so pissed on tequila wow because I, her, her autobiography is amazing and yeah. it's so raw and so honest and then her she nearly killed her partner in a tequila drinking game so oh. of course channel four let's get some tequila yes, so I, yes I'm absolutely steaming and then and then I just I had this 
How many just, shots did you have, Alan? Oh, about six, seven, eight. Oh I mean, there was gosh. there was three auto cues with my eyesight, and then <laughs> I just found her so attractive, and I, I I forget with tequila, and then I just I went and just kissed her, and like, put like my, t- with tongues, with tongues. Oh, oh my god! And she's a really good kisser, and oh. she doesn't give a shit, does yeah. she? Yeah. It was amazing. Oh my I mean, goodness! I know it was wonderful. Well, she's a wild child, that Grace Jones. And you know, it's just so nice to have a guest on who yeah. doesn't. And she's just honest. If she doesn't like someone, she doesn't like it. That's right. You know, when you have those singers on, oh, there's fast songs on the album, there's slow songs on the album, there's mediocre songs. Uh Oh, please. Yeah. Yeah. Give us the goss. Uh-huh. Right. But she, she's great. Yeah. She's definitely up there. Yeah. And I love Channing Tatum when he was on. And Bradley Cooper. Really? I mean, yeah, the producer kept telling my ear, Alan, start the conversation because I was playing with my <laughs> ear because he was so fit and looking at his size 13 shoes. Oh, you know like, what that means. I know. You could kickstart a jumbo jet with yes. those babies. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I mean, I don't no, see that it was... as a chat show. It's more speed dating. Yes. <laughs> Now, who had the 13s? Channing, Channing Tatum or Bradley Cooper? Bradley Cooper. Ah. And what made Channing Tatum so enchanting? Was it, um, did you dance with him? Because um, he was doing Magic Mike, so of he showed course. me how to floor pump. Oh, yes. Oh. So he was there. I mean, it was right in the wank bank. I was like, oh, yes. I, oh my God. What, that's my happy place. You know when you're having a filling? Yeah. Or, yes. Right. You know, you're not yeah. enjoying something. I always go back to seeing him like floor pump. Oh, Ooh. my God. He's got a fat ass, too, he doesn't does. he? Very tasty. Very tasty. I wanted to bite it. Yeah. And you know who I love as well? Lady Gaga. She's always got a lot of time for me because, you know, there's a lot of other chat shows sure. about. And she always takes time to come in and see me. And, you know, she's one of those, I just, I genuinely really like her. And she's yeah. a lovely person. Polite to everyone. Yes. You know? Yes, we've had her real, on our real show. Star, real star. Absolutely oh, of course wonderful. Have, yes. Yeah. Now, I know that you still tour all the time. In fact, I just saw the other day that you're going to be at the Alexandra Palace. And I, I remember that place because I co-hosted the Brit Awards with Elton John. On there 25 years ago. Oh my gosh. At the Alexandra Palace. Yes. And uh now you're you you're on a tour right now. Yes. What's that tour called? It's it's um it's a charity thing. It's a charity thing. I'm um patron of this uh this uh, cancer charity, but um I'm I'm at that stage now where I'm trying new material out. Mm. So there will be a tour next year, mm-hmm. but I'm at the one where I go on there with my notes. I'm trying uh-huh. out new jokes. Yeah, because obviously I'd rather die on my ass. Right, you know, for charity, some, for charity, because <laughs> I'm not because I'm not getting paid. <laughs> yeah, so why? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> um, no, don't. <laughs> sound like a right answer. It no, sense. it's fabulous. No, no but I, uh, next year it'll be properly all honed yeah. and everything. But, yeah. So, yeah. Have you been to America? Yeah, I've I've done I've done Montreal, but yeah. I'm, I'm a bit shy about America. Really? Why is that? Well, a lot of people say, "Oh, you know, you do well there and stuff," but I just I know we speak the same language, but I don't <laughs> know. What do you reckon? Should I start like because they say L.A. and New York are the right. earrings, yeah. Yeah. of America. Yeah. Get, maybe I should start there. Yeah, absolutely start there. But I think you doing a Netflix special would be the way to kick yeah. it off. Yeah, and then do a tour of the top eight cities in America: Chicago, you know, Miami, Atlanta. 
Atlanta and, yeah. and, and do and DC and do all that stuff. Yeah. And I think there you have an audience there, and I think it's a perfect way to introduce yourself uh, to the to audiences is through a Netflix TV special. Yeah. Have you approached them about the, that? Netflix came to see me in Montreal. Oh, great! And um, tiny little theater because I'm not known over there, but sixty, you know, the internet full of the ills of yes. the world. But you know, it's fantastic for getting. Yes. And you know, when you go abroad and people come to see you, you know, I did a, I did the, I did Arctic Circle and people knew I was. I, I've actually did a gig in the you Arctic, did? Arctic Circle. Who was there? Just penguins? The, a couple of Eskimos, a polar bear. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, and then, but you realize there isn't, so I, I will try that. Yeah. I will try that. Yeah. And of course, now you're a judge on Drag Race UK. Now this show will be seen around the world and in America. And the Arctic Circle. Yeah, and, and in yeah, the yeah, Arctic yeah. Circle. <laughs> now tell me this. Um, now, in, in being a judge on this show, what has surprised you the most? I know you're familiar with the show, but being a judge, what have you learned about yourself, about this process? What has surprised you the most about this? And it's funny, isn't it? When, when you're sitting at home and you're like, oh, and you know, you're being quite, not really, you're being quite critical. Yeah. yeah. And then when you see the work and you see the whites of their eyes and you see the vulnerability up there. Yeah. You do think, oh, Alan, you know, it's all right in the, when you're sitting on your sofa, uh-huh. you know, in your onesie watching it. It's very different when you're actually yeah. there. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's quite humbling. And I, I didn't realize how much work goes into it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Did you plan on being a tougher judge or did, how did you approach it? Did you think you were going to be a tough judge? I thought, should I be a bitch? I thought, should I be a bitch? But then that's not what the show's about. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be some Simon Cowell character. But I, I was honest. I was honest. And, yeah. like, you know. I quite interesting. I actually felt like I clashed more with Jerry. Uh huh. I mean, Jerry was outraged by the uh, by the by everything by everything. Yes. I was actually surprised. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And this is a woman at the Brits who came yeah. out of um, an inflatable vagina. That's right. Singing "Bag It Up." I mean, <laughs> like, so that oh, is right. She was like grabbing her pearls. I was really shocked. At but that. you know, people, and of course, we're talking about uh, Jerry Horner from the Space Ghettles. <laughs> Um, uh, You know, but, you know, people as they get older and they have children, you know, they revert back to sort of um, whatever their upbringing was. Yes. And that's probably what's happening. Oh, no, good good for her. Good Good for for her. her. But I was a bit like, because, wow, of course, I remember the Jerry with the big old tits and the Union Jack causing all this trouble. Yes. But she was like, ooh, Maggie Smith and Downton Abbey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, duh. I was like, Jerry, wake up, Jerry. It was was different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But it's different from what we expected. Another flavor to it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. But yeah. I'm. I. I, I want to be honest. I want to mm-hmm. be honest. But I can just see me being on the first one, and now at the finale. Yeah. The journey they've come on. Oh yeah. The, oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. They've it's, really upped their game. It's an interesting thing, especially since being in show business, and you see these these fabulous, courageous contestants up there, and you see what they've had to shed, the sort of mental blockage they've had to shed to make it here, and how to to reinvent themselves. Have you had to do that in your career? Reinvent? The (coughs) the thing is with me, it's like, do you know what? I would love to have a dark side. (laughs) <laughs> I would love I would love people to go all oh, that and what you see is what you get with me and you know what it's done me good stead I've had a long yes. career yeah. but I mean I would like to be you know when people say what's Helen really like you know I would love to be a bitch uh, you like to keep on guessing yeah, yeah you know oh what's he like like but Lee I am. Francis yes, yes yeah I mean he is I mean Lee Francis yeah. I mean he's who's Lee Francis oh he's um he's a genius yeah his yeah. alter ego is Keith Lemon 
and he does a show called Celebrity Juice, Bo Selecta, through the keyhole. Yeah. But what he has done very brilliantly and very smartly and successfully is Lee Francis is a very quiet, very reserved man, yeah. married guy, out of the limelight. Mm -hmm. But Keith Lemon is this obnoxious guy from Filth. Leeds, Filth. disgusting, uh -huh. in the gutter. Yeah. So he's an alter ego. Yes, yeah. and he lives and works as two different people. He lives as Lee Francis yeah. and works as Keith Lemon. So he's a drag queen. Yes! Yeah. Yes. yes. And, and you are on Celebrity Juice. Now, he asks me all the time to go on Celebrity Juice. Uh -huh. And he is, there's dildo, you are, and it's the screen grabs. you got to be yeah. careful. No, literally, one of the things yeah. is you're blindfolded and you have to smell whose balls are who. On TV, you have to on guess TV. whose balls. Yeah. Do they show the balls? Yeah. Yeah. You, and then and you have to like there's a dildo hanging from a fishing rod and you've got to like pop, a, in your pop a ring donut on the thing. And it's and there's enough of that, me doing that on the internet already. <laughs> without <laughs> me <laughs> without me adding <laughs> to it. You oh, know. Days at Hampstead Heath. Oh yeah. my yeah. God. Oh. So the show is called Celebrity Juice. I read about this yes. in the Daily Mail with you and uh, Gemma yes, the other day. Yes. yes, Did you have to smell someone's balls? I didn't. I was very upset. I did not have you to did. smell any balls. But they because uh, they show balls on television here. They show yeah, everything. There's a, they show there's everything. a show called Naked Attraction. <gasps> yes, I saw the first. I saw an episode of that. Yeah, yeah. One it's episode's the, enough. You yeah, get it. it's the most unsexy show I've ever seen. Because you think if you tell people it, you think you're going to be like, yeah, or sitting there yeah. like, you know. Maybe touching yourself under sure. your dressing right, gown. Right, right. But I mean, it actually put me off cock. It really did. Well, it really There's does. vagina on there too. There's I, both. Well, I fast forward through the vagina, yeah, of Michelle. Of course you do, yeah. Alan. There's, there's both. But you know, <laughs> these are the balls of real people. Yes, yes. And you know, we're used to porn. Yes. But in real people, their ball, cock and balls, not that attractive. No, no. not pretty. They're just... Just the whole point is that you're work is you're working backwards. Yeah. Usually when you meet somebody, it's face to face and they have clothes on and then yeah. you go on the date. This is just taking all of that away yeah. and the face is the last thing you see. Yeah, that's right. They're sitting in these booths for the people listening, and uh, a screen goes up, 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 yeah. up to where their cock is. Yeah. Or their twat, Vagina, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Twat. Twat. That's yeah. twat, twat, twat. Twat. Yes. Then on the next round, it goes up to their chest. Yes. Yeah. And then the last uh reveal is the face. Yeah. Yes. So if you fancy see someone because they've got the massive cock and then right. you, then it's when the head it's goes a, up it's the man from the Goonies exactly. hey you guys <laughs> you're like oh god I'm so shallow yes. I'd probably still go with it if I wasn't but single course. if I was if single the cock was exactly. good yeah the cock was good yes. yeah you but know. this is the thing that is why the glory hole was born is because you know if you are in a, a small community of people who liked men, other men who like other men not attaching a face to the cock we don't want to see the face yeah it, 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 it heightens it but I I've heard stories of certain queens in New York who were in the back room together. Mm. When the lights went on, it was like, oh my God, you! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Oh my God! Now you Dad? Heard... <laughs> no, Alan, no! Sorry, 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 that's true. I'm Jerry, I've gone right? too far. You too... <laughs> are talking, of course, not about yourself. Not about myself. No, no, no. I was I was too scared to go to those places. I told you my story in 1977. I I, I went to this bookstore in Atlanta called The Underground, mm -hmm. and I walked down this hall. It felt like walking down the hall in Poltergeist, you know, the pull focus where it gets longer and longer. Yeah, anyway, yeah. I was so scared, I ran out of there, but I was never that kind of queen. I wish I was that kind of a, a queen. I just, ne 
I was yeah. I didn't have the guts to do that. Yeah, I understand. You know, well, I, I've got a nymphomaniac friend who lives up in Manchester, and he comes down. And obviously, before I was with my lovely Paul, we used to have yeah. fun, but fame changes things. Yes, and he's like, "Come on, girl, we yeah. are going down Vauxhall. <laughs> I can't do that can't do anymore. Can't do it. Yes, and if I do start using Glory House, I've got this voice. People know it's me. <laughs> if I've got, oh no, 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 they go, Alan, Alan. <laughs> So you can't. So I just don't oh, talk, Alan. Don't. No, I know. Oh my God. I know. So I don't. You can't do that anymore. Oh well, no. Alan. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Now, our at-home audience will know that uh, uh, Alan is on one of the judges on uh, Drag Race UK, which will be uh, premiering. Uh, well, actually, if you're listening to this, you know it's already premiering. Yeah, and yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. a new show. What's yeah. the new show? The Sky. It's on Sky. There's something about movies. It's all about movies, and it's on in the autumn. So check it out. And also from what you're saying, maybe I should come to America. I think you, you should, should come That's to very America. Sweet. I will. And we've you have an open invitation to come to America. Thank you so much. And I think just the world of you, I think you're fabulous. You're a fabulous judge. You're the funniest person on Aww. earth. And you're a snazzy dresser. I just love what you're wearing right now. He said he's a gay reptile. I love <laughs> It. <laughs> well, um, please join us again sometime oh, on the well, podcast. What an honor to have me on here. Thank you so much. Oh, you. thank we you, love my you. love. So we're going to take a break real quick, Michelle. And when we come back, we're going to have our other judge, Graham Norton. Fantastic. All right, we'll be right back after this. We all need someone to talk to, a person who can support us through the rough patches or even everyday ups and downs of life. And that's where our friends at Talkspace come in. Talkspace is the online therapy company that lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. This is how brilliant it is, you guys. All you need is a computer with an internet connection or, better yet, the Talkspace mobile app. That means you, too, can improve your mental health even if you've had trouble making time for it in the past. Let me tell you something, guys. Rue and I talk a lot about therapy. It saved my life. It saved Rue's life. And I'm telling you, so many people say that they can't afford it or they can't make time for it. But with Talkspace, you don't have to worry about any of that because they've got something for everybody. It's the online therapy that makes your life easy. It's fantastic. Talkspace matches you with one of their 5,000 plus therapists the very same day that you reach out to them. All you have to do is provide your preferences for them for therapy and they go ahead and match you up. You can send your therapist unlimited text, audio, pictures, video messages from anywhere at any time. No matter what you are going through in your life, they will have somebody for you to talk to. You no longer have to wait for your next appointment to talk, which was the big problem with me. You have to wait. So you go to your, your therapy appointment and then like you're starting to take notes because you have so many things you want to get in the next time. With Talkspace, you don't have to worry about any of that. Talkspace is more than 5,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing the challenges that we all face. So to match with your perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you heard right, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure to use the code RU to get $65 off your first month. That's Talkspace.com, offer code RU. Hi, we've got our, our next guest, our, our oh, next uh, look at this. customer is here. Graham Norton is here. Oh, it's like a deli counter in here. Yeah, well. <laughs> what would now, you like? Now what? serving. <laughs> Wait, what do you eat? Do you eat um, everything? I do, but my home life is quite vegan. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, yes. Yeah. The home life is great. Are you saying you live with someone who is yes, vegan? Yes, who's a vegan, yeah. Yes. What is that like? Because, you know, Michelle was vegan for a while. and, that, and they, they love to tell anybody who's anybody, oh, by the way, I'm vegan. 
No, he's very good. He's not preachy about it. Yeah. Uh, but what's really annoying is I could. It was when we were in Ireland and uh, I had another friend staying and I could hear them talking. Uh-huh. And I was like, wow, 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 cows, wow, 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 dairy, wow, wow, wow. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah. And uh, next thing I know, because he'd been a vegetarian for donkey's years. He'd been yeah. a vegetarian for 20 something years. Yeah. And suddenly vegan. Uh. The friend, oh no, she's still shoveling cheese down her. <laughs> That happens a lot, Greg. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, you turned him vegan. Yeah. And you're the one now still having cheese on toast. I bet the vegan farts are the worst. No, no. they're not. They're no. very no. clean, actually. They're clean yeah. farts. No, and even yeah, There's nothing in there. Don't smell. Uh-huh. There's uh-huh. No, that's the problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's nothing in there. And so um, he has to eat all the time then for veganism. No, well, we don't well, have to eat all the time. Yeah. You know, we have he, meals. We have meals. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it, it, well, he must cook at home a lot. No. Yes, he does cook more than I do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you cook too? Yeah, I do. Really? But if, but if I cook, then I'll just cook vegan for because it's the two of us. Yeah, Aww, I, yeah I just, nice. I've never... But if we have a dinner party, I will always provide something else. See, I yes. cook vegan food and then meat or chicken or something for my husband and my kids. Yeah. Right. I would, I, yes. I, there's normally some fish or something that's sitting out there. Well, but Michelle, you're eating uh, meats and I'm things now. I'm eating fish now, And yes. chicken. And chicken you're, once in a while. You had a bit of chook the other night at Nando's. Yes. And yes. Yes, and I'll do well, it once in a while. Well, apparently that's a limited menu. <laughs> like, <laughs> <For real. laughs> it's chicken or go but home. But when I was yes, feeling, exactly. the doctor said that if he's like, if you're going to do this right, this is the way I want you to do it. So I'm following his rules yeah. and seeing if it makes a difference. Yeah. I like to eat everything. I love to eat everything. Omnivore. But of course, I, you know, I'm not eating bread and, and staying away from dairy stuff because I have outfits to fit into. Horrible. Yes. You but know. I always think what I don't like is saying never again. Right. I, that annoy, it's not, not yeah. my mindset. No. You know, I will, I will drink less than I used to drink. Yeah. But I won't stop drinking. Yeah. You know, I hear you. Yeah, I haven't had a drink in 20, almost 20 years. But hey, the day is still early, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yes. You know? I don't think that's ever going to happen. I don't. You never know. You, you never, never know. know. But I knowing never, you, you know, I don't think so. I, yeah. You know, but I used to smoke a lot of weed. I used to drink a lot. But weed was my thing. Okay. I did a lot of marijuana. See, never my thing. Never your thing. No. It and it's you not legal sleep. here. It's not legal? No, it's not. It's oh. still illegal here. Wow, wow. Oh, that's why it was never my thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> what is your poison, Graham? Uh, my poison would be booze. Booze. Booze, booze. What's your yeah. drink? Um, I, honestly, not that fussy. Um, I White wine, gin, vodka, yeah. champagne. Sure. Yeah. But I do, I, I, I don't like to talk about it. Because yeah. if you talk about it, then it sounds like you had a problem. Uh-huh. But, 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 and I a probably, very Irish and I, of you. And I probably did. I probably do. But, yeah. uh, but I do drink a lot less than I used to. Yeah. Like I have a, I don't drink alone anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. And All right. you used to. Oh, yeah. Got it. Oh, well, yeah. this is the thing is that, you know, and I've said this to people who, anyway, anyway life is hard. If you, if you need a little something to take the edge on, you should take it. Yeah. Until it becomes, a, for me, it had become a problem. It had become a real big problem. So I thought, you know, I'm going to put this to the side. You know what I mean? And also, you know what? If it's going to help you enjoy that sunset more, hearing right. the clinking of ice in a glass, Ooh. then why yeah, clink, so clink. As, you know, as long as you don't end up face down in your own vomit. Exactly. You know, then great. Uh, you've had a lovely evening. Yeah, well, you know, I always tell the story. Uh, I was in Manchester here in England um, probably 25 years ago doing a tour. And we, I was, I think, was playing at the Hacienda in, in Manchester. Is that what it's called? Yeah. No yeah. idea. Yeah. That would have been an amazing night. I'm sorry, Mr. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I came home from the club and there was a man in the hallway in, in the um, uh, hotel? hotel in a tuxedo, face down in his own sick. Like passed out. Just passed out, face Ooh. down. And that for me is, um, I'm was sorry. That, was that a fudge memory? Was that your memory of Manchester? <laughs> it is. It is, but I, I know Manchester Tourism Board is shooting themselves in the head right now. <laughs> Mad for it. That's Ruse Mank. Yes. Yeah. But you know, um, it's no, it's fine. Whatever people need to do to get through this life. Because life is hard, isn't it, Graham? Well, you know what? I think people make it hard yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah. And I seem to me, I think life is about choices and consequences. Mm-hmm. So when you're making choices. Figure out the consequences. That's right. And life is hard for people who don't think about the consequences. That's right. And it's like, well, my wife, life is so terrible. And you go, well, that's because you yeah. made these decisions <clears throat> along the way that have put you in this Thank place. Thank you. Thank now, you. Now, there's also luck and charm and all sure. sorts of other things to sugarcoat life. Yeah. But a lot of life, you see people in difficult situations and you think, but you, why did you decide to You're do that? absolutely you right. You know, a lot of people today don't play enough chess. You know, as a kid, I used to play chess and it teaches you how if you make this move, it's you're going to have consequences down here. So you yeah. have to look at the whole landscape and go, hmm, how do I want to play this? And I think that's, it's, I think it's a, an age old game because of that reason. It teaches young people how to strategize yeah. their lives. I don't know and how to also, play chess. Also, I suddenly, I, I, isn't that weird where you suddenly become um, an older person. Yeah. And you're an older person and you're going, you know what, kids? You need to take some responsibility yeah. for your life. Well, that's missing, isn't uh, it? A lot of, it's a lot of kind of like, oh, well, I do this because. I said, like, well, doesn't matter why you do it, stop. Stop doing Just it. Just stop doing it. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. a lot of that falls on parents too. That it's, of course it does. Yeah, we're not course, doing the But you know, right people thing. my age, you know, raise these bunch of kids where um, we've made Animals, the whole, Rue! Well, we've made the whole world baby safe for them. So now when they get out into the real world, they expect the world to be baby safe. Yes. They don't know. And it's really, the parents do that out of pure narcissism. They don't want to experience their kids having a hard time. I mean, you know, we've seen this with this uh, college scandal that yes. in, in America that yes. happened where they're trying to, you know, uh, clear away for their kids to get into. Yeah, but I, again, I said it this before and I'll say it again. I, I think it's disgusting and deplorable. I, I had two kids, you know, one fought her way into college and was on wait lists and didn't get into a bunch. Yeah. But I understand why she did. Sure, I understand but it. But it's wrong. Obviously it's wrong and yeah. she's yes. going to pay the price, I hope. Oh, and yeah. also, you know what? It's that thing. It's, it's, it's accepting the human being you have created. Yes. That they're not an Ivy League scholar. Right. I think it's that thing of like... Correct. Right there. That's it. It's like that thing. Don't put all their pictures on the fridge. Right. Right. Some of them are bad. That's right. Don't hang that one up. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, you're my beautiful princess. You're my beautiful princess. Well... Of course they leave the house thinking they're a beautiful princess. Sure. Which on one level is great. It is. Because, you yeah. know, our parents didn't say that. Yeah. And so we had to in we had to kind of try to instill it in ourselves. Exactly. That Find we it were a beautiful ourselves. princess. Yeah. But in a way, is that better than the person leaving the house I deluded think, in thinking that they are a beautiful I princess? I think right. there's a middle ground. My parents, and I'm sure you're the same way, only different. My parents, my mother would literally lock the screen door and say, you outside until I call you home. Right. She made us play outside. There was no TV watching. There was no video games. Outside, we played with chalk. We you know, yeah. we rode our bikes. We edit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's for dinner? Chalk. Right. <laughs> exactly. But chalk now, pie. our kids 
aren't allowed to go outside. We protect them. And, and yes. So there is a happy medium between that and the overprotection. Well, the thing is, I think people, especially our, our generation, uh, wanted to right the wrongs of their own childhood. So they thought, well, what we'll do is we'll make everybody a princess. We'll instill them with a lot of self-confidence, self-confidence that I myself did not have. But that trick never works. You have to earn it. Somebody just telling you that is not the way to instill self-confidence. Confidence. You have to earn self-confidence. It's hard. It's hard. The, the best thing my mother ever said to me was when we were going to the final exams, and she said to me, Graham, you can only do your best, but do it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of... I love that. That's kind of that's all fabulous. you can do in life is yeah. do your best, but make sure you do do your best. Sure. Your best may not be amazing. No, right? you your try. best may be very average, really. Yes. Yeah. But if it's your best... Yeah. Then you're you are literally living your best life. Yeah. No, I love that. I love it. Now they're giving me a signal that we only have three minutes. No, now, I, I say we take another five. Well, this Grant. is the thing. Uh, you <laughs> Play know, a record. I, I just want to. <laughs> there you go. Cut it out. <laughs> I think people have uh, you know that Graham is a judge on Drag Race. And this uh, is the second time. Second time. Well, well judge really, in America. Yes. And now a, a permanent judge on the UK version. So How happy. is it different from America? Um, I think the girls are different. Um, I think the the kind of the the spectrum of drag here is slightly different, right. and that's reflected on on the show. Um, you know, I think if you come to the show in the UK purely looking for looks, mm-hmm. it it and some of them. So no, now now Rue, don't laugh Graham. at our girls. It, then you may be disappointed some weeks. Not every week. Okay, that's not fair. all the time. That's fair. Uh-huh. But in yeah. America but, too, you know. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. But I have to say, in the challenges, I've been so impressed by the UK yeah. girls. Yeah. They haven't are you? Funny. Yeah, I have. yes. funny, funny, funny. There's yeah. been only I haven't heard tumbleweed. Right. Yeah. And so and a lot of the times when you watch some of those amazing looking sure. girls in America, yeah. you hear tumbleweed. You're right. You're when you right. You ask them to speak, it's like ooh. Well, that uh-huh. was that's our whole point. We've uh-huh. gotten drag race uh-huh. has caused this new generation of that's drag right. queens a, that are look queens. They're just sure. pretty. That's all they care about is pretty, yeah. being able to pass. People mm-hmm. walking up and go, Oh my god, you're so gorgeous. Yeah. And the talent part and the sus the substance yeah. is lacking in yeah. a lot of them. Yeah. So that happens more there, and here they have more substance, I think. And right it's now. interesting here to see how right a lot of the girls don't pad here. Uh-huh. They don't, they pad. don't shave. Yeah. yeah. They don't, and I, and I, no, but I like it's true. that. Yeah. yeah. I, and I, you know, and I was wondering because oh, it, sometimes it bothers me, and sometimes it doesn't. Right. right. And I think it all depends the look you're serving. Agreed. Right. No, yeah. it's more of the punk rock aspect of drag, and it's this sort of irreverence. And that's what most people don't understand: is that drag is dangerous. Drag is not politically correct. Drag is is, you know, irreverent. And there are nuances that, you know, an uh, most American audiences don't understand. Yeah. But also, it's like there's nothing new. Because this is sort of, I presume, the kind of the sort of drag you were doing before you oh, became a glamazon. God, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It was punk rock. It was like a big F you to society. And I love that. And that's why, you know, people want drag queens to sort of confirm. People always say, oh, drag has gone mainstream. Saying, no, drag has not gone and mainstream. And it never will be. And it never will be no. mainstream because it is mocking identity. It's mocking everything that you take seriously about yourself. And also, it's really hard work. It is. It is. Things hard that hit the mainstream work. tend to be easier. Yeah. That's yeah, hard. You're absolutely right. Now, I, I know, I'm sorry we don't have enough time. They are calling us well, back Well, we're going to hold them captive for a few years. Calling, don't worry. Yeah, well, they're, we're calling us back to judge this thing. Now, so... <laughs> judge this thing. Yeah. It's your show. Yes. <laughs> Why do they want me there? <laughs> It's RuPaul's Drag Race. (laughs) 
Now, you've worn a very snazzy outfit. I have to say. Now, where is that from? Is that Alexander McQueen? No, no keep guessing. It's, oh, yeah. Do you want to keep guessing? Uh, I'm, I'm, think, uh, think on those lines. Okay. Uh, think Madonna. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, I, I don't know. I give think up. Think Madonna. Uh, Madonna. You tell me. Cone bra. Oh, he's oh Gautier. Yeah, but go. it's ancient. Oh. It's about eighteen or nineteen years old. Really? Yeah. And I've kept it all these years, and I had it on the hanger. And you know that thing when you're going through your closet, you yeah. look at it and you think, "I'm now in my fifties. When the hell am I going to wear that again? Uh, uh. I must throw it away." Hello, RuPaul's Drag Race finale. Perfect. Never throw that stuff away. You Isn't know, I've, I've gained weight before in the past and given away skinny clothes, and then I lost weight again. I think, damn it. Yep. <laughs> Damn it! Who do you give your clothes to? I was just to? gonna say that. Who can you wear know? Your a clothes? few. There are a few people. Tom. Well, Tom Trujillo. But um, there was this one uh, Dries Van Noten outfit that Love I gave away years ago, and I wish I still had it because I could fit it. It's, now. I think the point is you're so tall and yeah. so lean. Yeah. There's not many that can fit in your trouser yeah. size. Yeah. Yeah. Besides yeah. your husband. Yeah. Well, no, George is George is. And he's taller than you. He's taller he? than I am, but his legs are. <laughs> there goes their Theron. He's. <laughs> Trying to, to trying to send to us, attention. he's trying to get us to finish. <laughs> he's walking by, acting like we're not yeah. looking. Uh, I feel like we fought him so much. This is now the longest <laughs> podcast we've ever done. He just walked by again. Oh. All right, Graham, we're going to go back out and judge. We'll this get you longer thing. next time. We'll get yeah, you yeah. longer Play next time. Fill the All right. time. So, <laughs> Michelle, darling, yes. tell. Thank you, Graham, for joining us. We'll get you and next you've been time. Amazing. Thank you. Been amazing. I've enjoyed it so much. You really are. Now, Michelle, yes. until next time, my darling. Goodbye. <laughs> can I get an amen? If you can't love yourself, how in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Can I get an amen? And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. If you can't love yourself, how in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Amen.